Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Taylor from Game Devs Quest with this week's quick tip. I got a challenge for you. Instead of using words like guys, try using everybody or everyone. It's really important that in a male-dominated hobby or interest or career that we try to be inclusive, especially towards women. So next time you walk into a conference room or even in a chat, don't say, hey, guys. Say, what's up, everyone? It's a lot more inclusive and everybody will feel welcome. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Game Devs Quest, your favorite game development podcast, <laughs> among others. I'm Red. <laughs> I'm Taylor. Yep. Just, just just trying to switch it up. Just trying to switch it up. So, um, brief recap. Finished my musical yesterday on Sunday. Same day the Game of Thrones aired. Did you watch Game of Thrones, Taylor? I did, yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh-oh. Yeah, I just wasn't that impressed with that episode, and I was like, why did we wait two years for this? <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway. I saw all this stuff on social media about it, and I was just kind of like, eh. It didn't do that much to advance the storyline here, so it didn't. It it explicitly said some things that like everyone else knew. We already knew. Yeah, that's about it. But yeah, there was some like good little moments, but other than that, I was like, what a waste of my life. Yeah. Remember, I don't know what season it was. It had maybe like season six. It was like the worst fucking season of Game of Thrones ever, and I rewatched it. When I was prepping for this season, I was like, okay, like this is, it wasn't as bad. Yeah. Like in context of just being able to blitz through them all and watch them all, I was like, I guess it wasn't as bad. And I'm hoping that eventually, like when this season's done and you can just watch them all at once or like you're watching it later in the future, that, you know. Yeah, the gap, like the gap yeah. is what's causing it to not feel yeah. as good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know. well, it didn't really feel like a season opener necessarily. It felt like maybe episode three or four in, in <laughs> a season, that, dude. Like I know, I was wondering if they like wrote and filmed this episode with the idea in mind that like, well, it's been two years since our fans have watched this show. We better ease them back into it. Like, maybe. if that's what they did, some executive at HBO needs to be fired because that's <laughs> not how Game of Thrones fans watch Game of Thrones. We didn't just wait two years for this show to come back around. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying that every single person recapped the entirety of Game of Thrones, but that's the type of fans that Game of Thrones has, generally speaking. You know, <laughs> my wife like, did it. You apparently did it. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Of course I did. I did. Like, well, but that's what I'm saying is like, just because you didn't doesn't mean that like you're not the typical Game of Thrones fans, but I'm just generally speaking. Yeah. I'm painting with a broad brush here. Um, so if they were like, let's get our feet wet again with these guys, like, what a dumb mistake to me, <laughs> you know? Like, we already pay for your service to be able to watch your freaking show. Yes, we have access to your entire catalog. Like, I don't know. That just bothered me. And, like, even Bailey, like, me and Bailey always, like, talk about the episodes kind of 
you know, from different perspectives. Like I'm always coming at it from like a writer's perspective or like I'm trying to consider like the filmmaking perspective, like how they would have done something or why they did things differently than it was in the books or like whatever. And it all comes down to like just the constraints of filmmaking in general. Right. Like, but like 20 minutes in, she's like, something is just off about this. Like all, there was so much dialogue. And if it was dialogue that like, wasn't advancing the plot, it was so stiff and so bad and like so boring. Yeah. Like there's like a couple <laughs> lines where ba- Bailey was like, why is is this happening? Like, why is this scene here? Why did that person say that? It wasn't even delivered well. Like I didn't believe it. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just funny. Anyway, I'm ex- I am excited for next week's episode and I'm glad I watched this one, but it was overall underwhelming. Yeah, honestly, I don't remember that much about it, and I think that kind of yeah. shows what it was. But yeah. it's fine. I don't know. Yeah, we'll stop talking about it just to like not, you know, because we've avoided any actual spoilers. Yeah, but. true. Yeah, I personally, I've liked the newer seasons better than the older ones, and I think it's just because we don't have books to compare it to. Yeah. So, because like when I first started well, watching the show, I had yeah. already read the books, and I was like. I was just lukewarm about it. And then yeah. once it was once the show was passed where the the books were, I was like, Oh snap, like this is cool. You know, but that's because it's like new plot developments that I didn't know about. Yeah. So uh, the first season that they did that where it floundered, I thought that season was like one of the worst seasons ever. And it was like they weren't following the book anymore. And it felt like the whole God, at least I think like it was like season six. Like there was some stuff that they were using from the book and some stuff. I mean, I just fucking watched the thing. I should have, I should remember this, but like some of the made up stuff, like just was so bad. Like ultimately, <laughs> like, and it felt like the show was just kick, like treading water basically. But then like last season was so amazing. Yeah. Dude. I think that like, was like the my loot train. Season. Oh yeah. The loot train episode. I yeah. legitimately had never been on the edge of my seat for this show, not <laughs> once, until Jamie Lannister, spoiler alert, everybody, if you haven't watched last season of Game of Thrones two years ago, uh, <laughs> uh, when Jamie Lannister grabs the lance and starts charging Daenerys, yeah. I legitimately had no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> and like you, you from, like, you can feel as though, like, Daenerys can make it to the end, but knowing the, like, knowing the things about Jon Snow that were revealed in that season like was it important that she lived or not like yeah you know like and that was the big thing on my mind and plus Jamie Lannister always like felt like I felt like he could make it to the end too not necessarily that he would you know like I just mean like these characters that I thought were going to make it to the end are suddenly charging at each other and I right. felt as though one was going to die right I know dude yeah <laughs> And I was like, I literally like leapt up from my seat and I was just like (laughs) holding my breath. That was single-handedly like one of the most amazing. And that whole fight was amazing. Yeah, it was good. Well, and what I thought they did really well was they took those two characters. Like, obviously you're sort of rooting for Daenerys the whole time, but they take Jaime and they kind of like, you know, turn him into a character that you enjoy watching. And right. so then you're like, oh no, like, are is yeah. one of them gonna die? I'm pretty much. I'm actually like not really ever rooting for Daenerys, but she is still like, at least in the books, like she's a really interesting character to yeah. read, and I enjoy her like chapters. But and I yeah. enjoy her like stuff in the show. 
Like, I don't really like... In the show, I actually probably like her quite a bit less than a lot of other characters. I would um, agree with that. She's... Her character is just kind of boring in some ways. Like, she does stuff, but it feels like she doesn't know what she's doing at all most of the time. You know? Yeah. Well, the, I what I feel like... I don't really have any examples to back this up, but it just seems like she sort of... Like, the way the writers bring you to a certain point they have you thinking that something's going to happen and then she sort of like squashes it with just being like yeah kind of stubborn you know yeah exactly and entitled <laughs> yeah like everything that she does it's because i am the true heir yeah. whereas what's interesting about other characters like john snow is it like he legitimately like does have to work for every single thing he gets right there's no entitlement you yeah. know Mm-hmm. Um, and same with like Tyrion. Tyrion has to work too. Like, right. Um, by the way, fun I, fact: the top four actors, I think it's top four, were paid five hundred k for that episode. That's pretty low. Is it five hundred k for an episode? Yeah, right. That, I mean, that means they make like five, probably five million dollars for a season. Like I'm pretty sure by the final season of Friends that each of the lead actors were making like ten million dollars an episode. I I don't know if I buy that, dude. <laughs> That's a lot, uh, and they ha- and they have like twenty some episodes a season, probably. Uh, <laughs> typing commence okay, the typing. Yeah, is... So in season seven and eight, one million. Or in seasons nine and ten, they were making one million dollars per episode. Per episode. Dang. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, and that's and that fucking was back. Friends. That was back a long time ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, they started making more than $500,000 per episode after yep. season five. And it was a considerable <laughs> amount. Season five, they're making 125000 per episode. And then seasons seven and eight, they're making $750,000 per episode. Dang. Yeah, that's pretty it wild. Makes An- Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow are the highest paid TV actresses of all time. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, all right. I was kind of like, holy crap, 500K for one episode? Yeah, I mean, it is a lot, but like they're only doing, and that's only like six episodes or something, you know? Like, Friends <laughs> right. had like 20 per season. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and uh, they were 20 minutes long <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and nobody had to get lit on fire for that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, well didn't Kit Harrington get like severely injured one episode or something I thought there was I thought there was like yeah, a he broke his. yeah you're right he like broke his foot or something during the battle of the bastards and he continued yeah. filming yeah <laughs> Yeah, or something like that. You can see him like limping in the show. Yeah. He's like, damn it, that 500k wasn't worth this. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I'd, I'd break my foot for 500k. <laughs> right? Oh, jeez. But regardless, I think it goes without saying, I'm super excited for the rest of the season. So Yeah. Um, well, so I was going to talk about more about Jamie Lannister, but let's move on. Go yeah, ahead. Let's also not, what? Not put any spoilers out there. Um. Yeah, like in some ways, so we we're almost done with Lost. Like, 
We, is this uh, your first time going through it? Yeah. We we took a hiatus from watching it for like probably a year and a half. Yeah. Because like seasons four and five were just really bad. Yeah. And so now it's kind of like we're trying really hard to get through it. And it feels yeah. like it's like, all right, some of these shows that we've been watching for a long time, like it, it's going to feel good to, to you know, wrap Close them up. Close them out. Yeah. So, like, I've actually, that's something that we've been doing every night is we watch at least one episode of Lost trying to burn through them because they're long seasons, too, and they're an hour long each. Um, yeah. And parts of it are getting, like, pretty existential and weird. And I, yeah, I don't, it's, it's like, yeah. one issue that I had with the show is that it really suffered from, like, weekly television-itis that, like, a lot of network TV shows get. Mm-hmm. Is that year after year it like has to fight to maintain its relevance? Yeah, and so they did a lot of like let's shake it and put it up on its head, and, right? Like, so like it, you know when the show switched from doing like back flashes to like the side flashes or whatever they were calling them, yeah, like, and then when you had like the other characters that were like back in time <laughs> and like. I don't know, man. Yeah. It was just like was too much. I, you know, I I watched the show and I watched it really, really very, very quickly, um, with my wife. But I think about it now, and I'm just like, this show is not good. It's not like it has some moments that I think were pretty fun to watch, but yeah, they kind of like, I don't know, they they branched out with too many loose ends. I think. Well, they did, and there's a, also when you finish it, there is a ending to the show that they cut out that you should go on YouTube and find. I think we maybe talked about that one time because that sounds yeah. familiar. It's yeah. like maybe a ten to fifteen minute scene. We'll have to most. watch that then. Yeah, and I think it's like a much better like little ending than the show one that the network gave it. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah. It's a good show, and I appreciated like some of the actors and actresses, and I appreciated like some of the moments and. Yeah. I think but, their their core group of actors and actresses was pretty solid. Yeah, and also Matthew Fox like lives in Bend, Oregon, so there you go. Who's Matthew Fox? Is that Isn't that his name? Shepherd? Oh, does he really? Okay. I think he does. Yeah, because like when I was in uh god, I had to have been freshman year when that show was on TV, everybody's watching it and he was in the newspaper for Getting arrested oh, really? for a DUI, yeah. <laughs> nice. I could be making that up, and maybe he doesn't live there anymore. But, um, yeah. Now well, he probably has multiple houses. So, yeah. Matthew Fox is Jack. Jack Shepard. Hey, Wink, by the way, him, probably I don't know what. Each actor from Friends still continues to make twenty million dollars per year off of reruns oh my god <laughs> stupid dude why would you ever do anything dude, again this world is the worst <laughs> yeah uh wow that's insane i mean we wouldn't think of that was the worst if that was us you know well i think i still might like yeah you're right yeah i'm reaping from the benefits of it but like i'm literally doing nothing or i'm at this point, like the thing that I did twenty years ago is still making me money, but like what good does that do for society at this point? Well, personally I really do enjoy 
uh, friends. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad that it's available for me to enjoy. Sure. I don't know. Um, but other than that, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, what? How many characters are the main characters in Friends? Six? Like $120 million a year for them to do nothing could probably be put to better use. Yeah, you're right. But they make, <laughs> uh, I think Warner Bros. still makes a billion a year off of reruns. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so wild. Yeah. Huh. Crazy, dude. But, anyway. Yeah. So, well, yeah, so my musical ended and, um, Saturday night was kind of like a weird night. I was kind of telling you a little bit about this uh, before we started rolling, but I thought maybe you guys would want to know, dear f- listeners. Um, but so, you know, we had a, a friend come down and she was uh, performing in the musical with us. And she's like, hey, you know, maybe I'll come down on, on Saturday and I'll, you know, if you got a spot, crash on your couch or whatever, and we'll go to this restaurant. Uh, in the morning for breakfast, it's like, for, like the most famous like breakfast restaurant in our town. Like they don't do reservations or anything like that, and the food is like so worth the wait. It's amazing. It's called Word of Mouth. If anybody wants to go to it, I highly recommend it. If you're ever like rolling through. Um. Anyway, so that was the whole plan. This whole plan focused on breakfast at like 7 a.m. Right? Because you got to get there early to get your spot. Yeah. Um. And so. We play the show and it's like we were getting ready to go home or whatever and buddy goes, Hey, it's my birthday, we're gonna go out and so we look at each other and she's like, All right, yeah, I guess we can go out and so like my wife came out too and we're like having a good time and we're like, All right, we're gonna leave at like midnight, right? So but one o'clock comes around <laughs> and it's like, All right, we gotta go. And like everybody had been drinking a little bit and some people were like, Well, where are we gonna go next? Blah 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 and we're like, Well, we're going home, you guys go wherever you want. But Bailey starts uh being like, Well, Maybe a couple of people could come over. That'd be fun. <laughs> but she realizes that that would be rude to just invite like a couple people. So she literally starts inviting everybody. Is this drunk Bailey, by the way? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she's not like hammered by I any know, means, but like, but this is, this is how I told the story uh, the next morning. It was like, it was like, I wasn't sure how much Bailey had had to drink or like how, where she was. She seemed pretty normal until she started inviting every single person to our house <laughs> at 1 a.m. And so like we had like 30 people at our house. Dang. And uh, your neighbors like, think you're like throwing a rager. <laughs> dude, but that's the thing. Like it totally was like we had like people were like playing songs like we had the guitar out and like people had drums and like we're like shakers and bangers and things like that to like make music and like we're singing song like and then everybody's singing along on these songs you know <laughs> like we've got a whole cast of a musical here and all of yeah, these people so we're I just having that. a good time you know <laughs> and like everybody's drinking still and uh like at one point our house guest she looks at the clock and she's like oh it's 5 30 and i was like oh my god and there's like still some people here and we're like all right i think we gotta like start wrapping this thing up we finally got everybody out of our house at like six (laughs) o'clock mind you i had planned to like be up at like seven to go to breakfast all this stuff and i'm doing the math and we we do the math on this it's like all right if we the if we can get into the restaurant by like 
10.30 or 11 at the latest, we're good. Because we still had to play a show the next day, by the way. And so I'm like, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll sacrifice myself. I'll get up early. I'll go down and put our name into the restaurant. And then I'll come back and get you guys. Because the wait is so long yeah, that you I can remember leave the that. restaurant. So, um, and they'll generally, you know, they'll be like, all right, your wait is going to be, you know, an hour and this long. And then uh, there's a list online that you can monitor that will show you when your name is getting close. So I'm like, okay. And I couldn't find my phone. I was like, Bailey, I need your phone for the alarm. And she goes, okay, I've set the alarm for you for 830. And she hands me the phone and she just passes out. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, great. Mind you, I'm also drunk. So I go to bed and then I wake up in a panic at nine o'clock. The alarm was never set. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. So I throw up my pants. I drive to the restaurant. I wait there. Dude, I also beat the rush because as soon as I get there and put my name in, there was like 10 families of four came rolling up. <laughs> Dude, that's so, like one of the greatest feelings, I think. Yeah. Is it was amazing. Just, just barely beat it. Yeah. So they tell us our wait is like an hour and 15 minutes or whatever. So I go back. And I don't, you know, it's like, I don't know how long our guest is going to take to get ready. So I wake her up. She's looks freaking refreshed already. I'm like, how the hell I wake up Bailey. And she's like, she's like, how long do I got? Okay. Wake me up at the last possible moment. And I'll just like throw clothes on and we'll go. <laughs> so I wake her up at the last possible minute. We go. Morning was great. Then we went and played a show. Last show of the night. Just killed it. It was fun. Last show of the night. Last show of the run, actually, is what I mean. Heck yeah, dude. Um, so that was fun. It was a, such a good run. I, it's like always on the last show, there's like this mix of emotions because A, you're relieved to be done because you've been playing the same two hours and 15 minutes of music a night for four weeks. But also it's kind of a bummer because it's like something to kind of look forward to. And like, I loved everybody that I work with down there. Like, they're just so much fun to be around. And like, like I, I, I would go to my day job and genuinely be or I would just generally be depressed and, like, bored. But then I'd show up to play the the show, and I'd be, like, so happy and upbeat, and, like, everything felt okay, you know? Yeah. Um. Well, I, I don't know. Music groups like that, it's something that you can't, like, replicate, even if you have another yeah. one. It's, yeah. like, always just something that's specific to that time, you know? Absolutely. It's kind of like a sports team or something. Yeah. It's like, you know, you might play for the same, like, school or whatever year in and year out, but every year is a different team. So. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really just makes it so that it is this, like, fixed point in time that, like, mm-hmm. you're going to remember and be like, ah, oh, that was great. And even if, like, you know, our band was six people, like, even if five of them came back for the next one. Yeah. That other guy is still going to change the dynamic or girl. Right. Uh, the other gal person going to change yeah. the dynamic. It's a different band, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just like Fleetwood Mac, one of my favorite classic rock bands, right? They kick out the guy who, in my opinion, made the band and they brought in two people to replace him and flat out, like what the drummer, what Mick Fleetwood said, he goes, yeah, we're called Fleetwood Mac, but like we're a new band. And he goes, What's, he goes, it's made rehearsal and practice so much fun because everything is new now. Yeah. And 
And he goes, now we're writing music. Like we haven't written music in decades. And he's like, we're writing music because we're a brand new band. And there's this like new energy that like no one thought we'd ever feel again. And it just was from replacing one person, you know? Yeah. Well, so this actually is ties into a conversation we started having on the discord earlier this week. Do you want to talk at all about that? Yeah, let's okay, As LA yeah. dying, dude. Because I, I'm pretty passionate that like about how fucked up the situation is personally. Yeah. Like and again, I, I don't know like how much Oh dude, I didn't read Antidope's uh messages. Oh yeah, dude. Antidope knows knows what's up when it comes to metal. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Funeral of God is like such a fucking good album dude if you're listening to this <laughs> is that what album is the rising end on is that funeral of god uh dude that's um is that funeral of god or is that the literal, this is zeo uh, by the way it's another yeah, metal is band that funeral of god or the latin one uh i don't know latin named funeral of god album. yeah look at me i don't even know <laughs> yeah i think it is because that's when yeah breath of the black muse the rising end last revelation three fucking really good songs the Rising End is where it's at for me, man. Dude, the that Rising beginning? End is one of the best metal guitar riffs oh, ever. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, honestly, I think it's one of the best metal songs of all time. I personally am like, I hate like the part that isn't the opening riff. Like, uh, you know, the opening riff they uh, play it over and over and over, but like. Yeah, yeah. You mean the ending they, when it's like, and then the. Yeah, I mean, that's like, like so the, Zeo and I'm like totally yeah. down for it, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Funeral of God is so good. Well, and they, yeah. Uh, I just, that? I just feel like when they're that beginning of the song where it's like, you know, and yeah, boom, the drums right there, dude. Uh, I feel it every time. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. They um, here we go. What's the? Oh yeah, Liberate Te Ex Infernus. That's like. Oh, another really good one, and that's from 1999. Oh my wow. god, damn! I didn't realize. And then self-titled dude has Five Year Winter, which is another one of my favorite ones. Oh, okay. That has. That's where your other band's name came from. Yeah. Okay. You don't, don't know, know if Five I Year Winter? Explicitly knew that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, because so me and Taylor had started this trend in my life of like naming my bands after songs that I like. Yeah. These evil so, like, days. Yeah, me and Taylor wrote a song called These Evil Days, which was named after a mortal treason song. Yeah, um, we, were, we were in a band, I think it's that song. Our last what? band together yeah. was called These Evil Days. Yeah, and okay. then my other band, Monster Addict, I didn't name it, but it was named after a song that they had written uh, like 10 years prior. Oh, okay. In a different and band. And then, huh? In a different band. Yeah, in a different band. Gotcha. So then they so then they became the Monster Addict. Then when I was doing Five Year Winter, we couldn't settle on a name. And like the name like if they're listening to this, I'm gonna feel really embarrassed, but like <laughs> they they had like some really embarrassing ideas for like names. And I and we were trying to book shows, but like nobody could settle on anything. And so like we booked a show and I just like place held our name as like five year winter 
and they both like really liked it ultimately i think <laughs> i don't know i could be wrong it ended up being like a point of contention later that i kind of like hijacked the name but i was like also you guys couldn't just name the band so <laughs> i mean in all fairness like coming up with a name is hard and also lots of dumb names come out of trying to name something I mean, when we first came up with the idea of having this podcast, how long did we spend trying to name it? Yeah. It felt like forever. And ultimately, like, Game Dev's Quest was your idea. Um, Was it? And it was one of the first ones we came up with, too. Yeah. I don't remember. I trust you. But that's the thing. Like, I really pride myself on being able to name things. And it's, like, something that does take a little bit of care. And, like, you've got... And it's, like, you know, words have, like, this power in our minds. Like, different words elicit different um images and different feelings and i i don't know like it's it's really apparent to me when people don't like put the care into naming something yeah it makes a difference isn't it's like in the dresden files like giving up your name dude that's power it's giving somebody power yeah i swear by my name and power that i'll do all i can yeah same thing (laughs) in like name of the wind obviously like yeah um but anyway, there's another really good one in um, the self-titled, which is A Tool to Scream. That's a really, really good one. Hmm. Um, Zayo? Yeah. Gotcha. Maybe anyway, I'll have to listen to some Zayo. Uh, also, yeah. Antidope likes Converge. Converge is fucking awesome. Um, yeah, they're like one of my favorite bands right now. Yeah. I have, you said they're more like hardcore, though, right? Yeah, they're straight up motherfucking Boston hardcore. <laughs> Um, but they're like, they have some like really metal licks dude. Like you might really like this. The one that got me into them was I was listening to this podcast called music or it was called song exploder. And the idea is that they interview the artists or they let the artists talk about a particular song and how it was like recording it in the studio and how they pieced it together and how they came up with it. And converge was on there and they were the first metal, um, band or act that was on that podcast. Oh, cool. And they did this song called Dark Horse. And the like lead riff for it is so awesome. And, and it's it was in um five eight, you know, which was like oh, really hard yeah. to like hear yeah. originally. One, two, but, three, like, they... four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> one and two and three. One and two and three. Yeah. I guess either way. Mm. I mean it's five eight, mm. so technically they're eighth notes, son. True. I don't actually. I think that they say it's in five eight, but if you really like analyze it, I don't think it can. I mean, it's an e- easy way to count it, but I don't. I don't know if you can technically say it because I don't think it's eighth notes that they're subdividing. But I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played anything related to sheet music or really a song in five years, so I'm pretty rusty. Fresh but, off, son. Yeah. One of the one of the songs we played uh, for the musical goes back and forth. It's got this thing, and I got to play along with the piano, and it goes back and forth between seven eight and four four, <laughs> and that was like really hard. Yeah. Until well, you, you kind of figure out you figure out the groove, but yeah, you drop drop an eighth note every once in a while, basically. Yeah, the way you have to, and the way I ended up counting it that made it really work because I also I had like a little bop on the end of it too, so it's like I, like my beat like went over the measure line which was like made it kind of hard but basically you just go one two one two one two one two one two three one and two and three and four and one two one two one two three one and two and three and four and one two one two one two three one and two and three and four and nice and that's how you count it like 
Yeah. And it made it like it made a huge difference because before I was like, how do I count this? And I'm just like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one and two and three and four. One, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, it's like <laughs> one and two and three and four. One and two and three and four and one and two and three and four. One and two and yeah, three, you know? which is it hard. Like that's yeah, a hard one. Hard. You know? <laughs> but one, two, one, two, one, two, three. Everybody yeah. can do that. Yep. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. Uh, so that was overall fun. But anyway, yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about as it lay dying. Oh, so yeah. Lay, lay the backdrop. Lay the lay down the story, because I'm sure most people listening don't listen to as it lay dying. Probably. Well, yeah. So as it lay dying, they're just, they were just this like immensely popular like metal band um, for a number of years, and like they were a Christian band, and like Tim Lambesis was their front man, and he like ministered like on stage, like, yo, if you're ever feeling alone, no, you're not alone. God's real and he can forgive your sins and blah, 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 Like, So know, the interesting is... thing is a lot of bands did that, but I don't ever remember As I Lay Dying doing that. Like, I went yeah. to a lot of their shows. I don't yeah, remember so them ever they doing they that. Probably by the time we started seeing them, they didn't. But, like, I, I guess I, I only have that in my memory because, like, uh, Kane played with them and he said that they ministered when he... Uh, yeah. when his band opened for them yeah um so i don't know if that's true i guess it's secondhand information and it and it makes sense because like every single christian band i feel like did it when they were smaller you know yeah um, for sure but then also like they were doing things like when they were a smaller band they'd go around and play shows and they would like um they would minister more than just like off stage like more than just on stage right you know yeah um, well i went to tom fest which was this like two-day oh, yeah. christian metal festival which was freaking awesome i had a blast yeah. but they were like one of the headliners there and i could see that happening because i remember yeah, uh well, walking around and seeing people just like hanging out with some of the band members and like it was a christian festival so they had like bibles out and stuff and i don't know so i could totally see that happening yeah for sure um so anyway um, and the big thing about like the Christian scene to me, that's kind of important to know is that like, um, and me and Taylor like started hearing like glimpses of this, like from people like, remember that photographer who like went to that devil wears Prada show and she was telling us that like everybody in that band was like a huge dick <laughs> and like, yeah. and granted, like it's, I, I think it's like they're kids and they're like thrust in the spotlight without anybody telling them how to behave. They're like on the right. road alone. You know, well, cause, like they were like not much older than we were. Yeah, I think actually they're the same age as me. And, yeah, like and they were we just were like listening doing, like, to them in high school. Right, and they're <laughs> and doing like, like really sexist stuff according to this like person that we met, and like yeah. just being assholes and stuff. I think that's. I mean, when you're playing these shows and stuff too, the ones that I remember were like the bands that were the craziest, you know, and that's yeah. like all part of the image is yeah, like exactly. being crazy on stage, like being energetic and like not really caring what you do, you know? Yeah. So I can totally see that. Uh, and it's again, like they're our age when we're seeing them and they're in a van by themselves. No, like, and, and I'm not saying that like, you can't do this without an adult, but I'm saying like, they also didn't have like industry professionals telling them how to like, apparently like behave or, you know, like how to be professional. Like they had to like yeah. apparently figure it out on their own and might've done a poor job at that. I don't know the truth. I wasn't there, but like this photographer was saying that she, like they were like kind of gross to her and stuff like that. And, um, but 
the the point I was trying to make is that the Christian scene is is, is like a lot about money and a lot of bands who can't like make the money that they need would like switch to being Christian in a way because it was so much more marketable. It was so much more marketable Um, because now you tap into this like CD buying market of like, uh, of like uh, middle-class parents, like buying these CDs for their kids. Whereas like how many parents would go and buy, you know, like motorhead or whatever for their kids. Like, yeah. Well, Nobody. that's how, when I first started getting into metal, like that's how I basically convinced my parents to let me listen to metal was, right. I found, I found this website. I'm trying to remember what it's called now. Firestream.net or something like that. Oh yeah. Okay. And it was like this big library where you can like click through all the bands that were Christian bands or somehow affiliated yeah. with like the Christian religion. Right. And my parents told me like I could listen to any band on there, and and you know like Azalea Dying was on there, August Burns Red, Demon yeah. Hunter, like all those kind of bands that I wanted to listen to at the time, anyways. But that kind of like steered me into what I could listen to. That's how I found like Mortal Treason and War of right. Ages and like all these bands that I ended up really liking. But yeah, that, it it makes sense from a marketing standpoint to try and yeah. tap into a market where it's like, okay, well, heavy metal, like that's strong, especially with our parents' generation, that's strongly uh, like linked to Satanism and, you know, stuff like that. So they, parents don't want to let their kids listen to it. So yeah. how do we, how do we like get into the, those uh, markets? There you go. Yeah. But it makes sense. Um yeah, and then uh, I, it's like I do kind of have like a, a a weird like opinion on it too because like coming from like Kane's point of view who like Kane's band was like offered a contract to sign with Solid State which was like one of the biggest uh, Christian labels like when we were, you know. Yeah, that's who Under Oath was signed to, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like all of these like bands a bunch at one them. point I swear yeah. like went through Solid State, you know. Like, yeah. like the first tour that we went to or that I went to, which was that like had like destroy the, the runner Blitz. and the chariot. Like that was a solid yeah. state yeah. label tour. tour. Right. Um, and like just the toxicity of his band, like forced them to like kind of fall apart and like not be able to like, to like sign pursue their <laughs> dreams. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, and it was all because it was like all about money and all of this stuff. And like, um, you know, things like that. So anyway, Tim Lambesis, who's in this band that's making a lot of money, very successful, like one of the like most respected metal bands in the scene, um, apparently like comes up with this idea that like he can't be with his wife anymore. And so rather than doing like what a normal person does, like Taylor, what would you do if, if you and Alia decided, like if you just decided without Alia that you didn't want to be married anymore? Split up. Yeah, what a reasonable <laughs> thing, right? Like, there's a really good first step. You don't even have to sign anything. Maybe you just move out. Yeah. You call me up and say, Rhett, I just, I'm in a place. I really need a place to crash. Can I count on you? We say, yeah, man. Guest room's made up. Come on down. Don't do anything stupid. And you're like, okay, I'm not don't, a stupid person. <laughs> don't hire a hitman. <laughs> <laughs> and then you come down and, like, if things, like, never, like, go the way that you want them to, like, then you sign papers and you get a judge to fucking dissolve your marriage 
this is what normal people do. Tim Lambesis, for some reason, thinks that he's not a normal person because he gets to go in front of a thousand people a night and fucking uh, be, you know, the fucking star of the show. He gets to be in everybody's fucking eyes and in the spotlight all the fucking time. And so he must think that he's like, I literally, I think that he must think that he's better than everyone. Like, and just because this is the nature of performance and performing from a young age, like, and so he fucking hires a hitman to kill his fucking wife. Who does that? Not healthy people. Yeah. And he, so the fucking hitman that he hires ends up being a cop or some bullshit. And he yeah. gets X number of years in prison, yet he served two. Yeah. He. So, yeah, he... Well, more backstory. He and his wife were having trouble for a while, and he ended up, like, splitting up with her. He was at the same time kind of, like, going through this process where he was reading a bunch of philosophical stuff and he started to kind of like lose his religion and apparently at that point he started like cheating on his wife and uh i guess they split up before well a little after that um because she was saying he was like a bad father he was like super into weightlifting and he got into like steroid use yeah and i do remember that too yeah yeah, so then, yeah, he was at his gym. He, like, heard rumors or something that someone knew somebody. And so he went and, like, talked to this person. And they said, like, deliver, I think it was 20000 in cash or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll do it. And he had it, like, all lined up so that his kids would be, like, with him at the time. Yeah. And they would were going to, like, break into her house and kill her. Uh, but it was a cop. And Yeah. They had everything recorded and yeah. got the money and all that yeah. stuff. But his excuse or like his lawyer's defense basically was like he was abusing steroids. And so it kind of like clouded how he yeah, was he thinking. He got like roid rage or whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's an idea. Don't abuse drugs. Yeah. Well, so. Like, okay. I mean, I know it's not that easy, but like, dude, like this is a guy. And then this is what gets me. So I, I'll go ahead and say what you're saying, because uh, like my whole, yeah. the whole thing that really gets me is coming up next. Okay. And I don't even. I guess I don't even know if it's true. I should have like <laughs> confirmed it or not. But well, so okay. Here's what happened to me the other day. Like when this story broke, Azalea Dying was like one of my favorite bands still, and like I had seen them at least four or five times in concert. Yeah. They were the first metal band I ever saw in concert. I went to Taste of Chaos 2006 in Salem at the Salem Armory. And they yeah. were the he- one of the headliners, and they f- freaking knocked my socks off. So, like, I really looked up to this guy. Uh, yeah. And then when I heard this story, I was like, what the hell? Like, this isn't real, you know? And it, it ended up being real and turned out he's, like, a huge asshole, you know? Um, and there was, like, a bunch of drama with him, like uh, outing his bandmates, saying that, like, they were only – they were just putting up a – guys or whatever saying that they're christian and they're doing it for money and all this stuff and so there was like this really bad falling out between him and the band and so he's supposed to serve six years in prison and he only served two um because he was like on good behavior uh but he got out uh i had no idea that this even happened because it just like was not in my head uh the other bandmates formed another band called woven war that i didn't really care for okay uh, and then, like, 
all of a sudden I saw that they dropped new songs. Like as they lay dying, the band dropped new songs like really recently. Uh, I saw that last week and I listened to it and I saw the first song that I listened to is called like, um, shoot, what was it called? Something to do with like a comeback. Basically like the, the title is like resurgence or something like that. I can't remember. Let me see. Oh, re- it's called uh, redefined as they dying redefined. And I'm like, well, that sounds awfully like uh, Tim is back, <laughs> right? Like redefined, he's yeah. redefining himself. And like you can't really see because the music video shows all the bandmates, but they're like playing their instruments and they're like in the shadows. And so I thought it was somebody else. And they also had the lead singer from As They Lay Dying or from uh, August Burns Red guest vocal on some of it. So I was like, that's not, that's not him. And then there's another one called my own grave that I watch and it's like all light. You can see like, Oh, that's Tim Lambesis playing with Azalea dying. What the hell? Mm-hmm. So I had no idea what went on, but so that, that like uh, kind of brought me down a little like obsession for a few hours where I was trying to, trying to figure out what happened. And I watched like this 30 minute discussion between the band and him. And they like laid out, what an awful human being he was like before he went to jail and how he basically like ruined their lives up until just recently. And uh, I don't know, but it was weird. They talked about how they can tell he's like a different guy. He got his master's degree uh, in like some form of uh, psychiatry to like help people with addiction. And I don't know. So it's weird. I'm like, I still don't know what to think about it. It's, it's funny because, like, I'm sure, like, I'm sure that there's, I don't know how you feel about all the things that you just said, but every th- single thing you just said, like, makes me even more skeptical of this guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know why. Like, I just hate this, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. And so I, di- I guess I did, I do kind of remember now and and you saying it that they did try to form another band that never quite took off the ground but what ha- yeah. like and i couldn't find anything to confirm it right now just googling but but uh what i remember like me and kane right. talked about this on duel of taint sometime was like when this whole thing was going down that like the band was overall like kind of screwed up or screwed over rather because they couldn't perform as as they lay dying without him it was in their contract that like they couldn't perform or write or record new music without Tim. And they tried to form other bands, but they couldn't get it off the ground. And because of that, they ended up being like super stunted financially. Hmm. Like, because when, when you're in a band like this big, like record sales aren't necessarily your biggest income. It's touring. Right. Well, they were saying in that video that they were on tour with woven war and they have like at least one album out. Right. But if the tour wasn't successful, they couldn't book as big of clubs as 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 LA Dying for sure. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, like I don't know. There, there's lots of things that go into it. And like okay, let's say that they're each making like a million dollars a year touring, which is like possible. I mean, that's like what I'm pretty sure that's what uh all the guys in Amana Marth make touring. Hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess like the market difference between like what Amon Amarth is doing and what Azalea Dying is doing. But let's say they're making a million dollars a year touring as Azalea Dying. Then this happens. Yeah. Now they have to figure out how to get all this other stuff together. So they're losing yep. money while they're not touring. And then they get this band together and maybe they only make half a million dollars. 
And to us, that's a lot of money. But if your lifestyle was already expecting a million dollars or whatever, right? Yeah. Then that's a big deal. Like, yeah. they lost as much money as apparently the Game of Thrones actors made for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I don't know. I don't know the truth of any of their financials or what they make or anything like that. But I, yeah. I did just read on uh, on Wikipedia about Isolate dying that. Um, the, and this is one thing that really actually bothers me a lot. I think Tim, it's on the Tim Lambesis page. I don't know, but anyway, uh, it basically said that like, so yeah, like you were saying, he went through this like philosophical crisis where he discovered that he wasn't a Christian anymore. Then he goes to prison and he gets out and he's telling everybody that he's a devout follower of Jesus Christ. Now he like, he figured out what was wrong with his relationship with Christ <laughs> while he was in prison and he fixed it. And then he gets back together with his Christian metal band. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I just, everything about it just stinks to me. And I'm not saying that any, I'm not saying that people aren't allowed to like, to try to like fix themselves or like become better people. Yeah. Like, more power to him, I guess. But, like, also now his wife and kids have to live under the specter of the fact that he literally tried to kill her. Like, yeah, I don't want to hear a Christian song from him. <laughs> That's true. I don't yeah, know. man. I'm pretty shocked that they got back together. But I guess your point about... It's the only like, option they what have. What else are they... Yeah, what else Because here's do? the thing. It's like, it's like sports in a way. Where... We get these athletes who focus solely on sports in high school. They become badasses. Then they go to college. And their whole college career is not focused on academics. It's focused on sports. So then we get these badasses blowing through college, being superstars. And then they get drafted into the pro leagues. And if at any point in time they get injured and they can't play sports anymore, these people do not have a career to fall back on to support themselves. Yeah. And this is what we see a lot with college athletes is like they get injured and then they can't even finish their degree because their scholarship was contingent on them playing sports. Yeah, that whole thing's pretty corrupt anyways. Right. And so is this in a way. Like, and that's my, is my point is like where you get these labels that sign these young bands because dude, as LA dying, like Tim Lambesis was born in 80 and I don't know when he joined necessarily, but as dying was playing in the nineties, I think, weren't they? Oh, I guess maybe 2000, but I bet they were I playing in 1999. Yeah. I think they had bands in the nineties and they yeah. formed like early two thousands, maybe 2000. Right. Yeah. So, and Tim Lambesis was there like after the first year. So he's like one of the longest members, like him and the drummer, I think anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then this is what you do. Like your whole career is focused on making this work. Yeah. And now you're making money and you're writing records and you're doing all this stuff and you have to tour and you have to do all this to make money. And if that goes away, what are you going to do for a living unless you've prepared for this? Right. You could do something in the industry. A lot of people well, transition pretty well. <laughs> to be devil's advocate, I guess yeah. Tim could be a, a psychiatrist. <laughs> right. Which I think is disgusting in its own self, but... Uh, well, okay, but the other, the flip side here, like I don't disagree with what you're saying, but the flip side is, like, we also are talking a lot about like criminal justice reform and like making sure that people have a second chance after they've like served their time. Like that sure. is what that is sure. what serving your time is for is like 
you know, I mean, you're being yeah, punished. He, ser- he that- served his time for soliciting murder. Mm-hmm. And, and I fully believe that he should not be able to become a licensed psychiatrist and help people that way. I don't care That's if he probably- has a degree <laughs> in psychiatry. Yeah, that's probably true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, he can do st- like I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to live his life and like atone for his things, but there's so much stuff that's like kind of gross about it. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. And I have like a lot of passion about this because like I just hate like seeing like I was devastated when I f- started seeing how like corrupt like the Christian music scene was. Well, yeah, because like, that's what we listened to. Like, yeah, that was that was our bread and butter. Right, and so. you look up with all these people, and then you find out that they're all assholes. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like. And yep. here's the thing: like, I loved As I Dying. I didn't like them nearly as much as you did, but that's yeah, because you're were... a f- you were a freak, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they were absolutely like in my top bands. Like when I was listening to that type of music more. Yeah, and it's just, and like, yeah, he served jail, and like he did what prison is supposed to do for people like that. Um, and I'm sure that there's like a lot of other reasons that like, he's going to be able to, I don't know. Again, it's getting like too off track there, but, but, um, well, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to put his life back together, but I don't, I don't think he gets to like come out and just like pick up where he left off with this yeah. thing. Well, apparently he got out in 2016. Yeah, so he, he went to prison like 2014 or something, right? Yeah, like, it was a long time yep. ago. So he's been like trying to get the band back together for like two and a half years. So maybe that's enough time. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. And granted, I do. So, I do accept the idea that like, yeah, steroids could have been clouding his judgment. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots and lots of things. So. Um, Here's the here's my final question for you. Yeah. Are you are you gonna listen to any of their songs? <laughs> no, I really don't no. care. Yeah. I really don't. I couldn't even bring myself to listen to any of their CDs. Like when I got that whole case of CDs from you. Really? Yeah. The only song I've listened to of theirs since I since he went to prison, it, and it's because it's on like my it's on my iPod of all things, and I use my iPod on this like speaker this like outdoor like plug-in speaker like iHome type thing when I'm mm-hmm. working out and I have all of this like old school metal that we used to listen to in high school to like pump yeah. me up while I work out and it has one song on there which is uh confined 94 hours oh uh, no, yeah 94 hours is good <laughs> yeah yeah um, it for me it's hard like it's really weird and to to be able to like distance yourself from something you know, from the musicians and the music. Yeah, I and I understand that. It's like Tom Cruise, right? Like, it's like yeah. everybody has a big problem with Tom Cruise. Well, and, and it's... Yeah, it's kinda, I can understand that line of logic a lot, yeah. It's, it's kind of like all the stuff we're seeing in the media now with all these guys that are, you know... Uh, sexual harassment, whatever. Like, I guess, I guess with that, a lot of people are saying, like, no. Like, we're yeah. not gonna... Not, that might be... I don't know. I guess this maybe this is on the same level as that. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. But there's a lot of awful people that are in show business. And so it's if you're if you want to have like a clean conscience conscious about uh what you're consuming, I don't think there's any way of avoiding it. Yeah. No, you're right. Um and honestly like after after uh, 
an ocean between us or whatever. I never really listened to them or cared about them anyway, so... Uh, ah, I thought they had some good ones. Yeah, I mean, Awake looks good when I'm like looking at some of the stuff, but or Awaken or whatever. Powerless Rise has this one song on it that has probably my favorite guitar solo of all time. Uh, what was... What was the name of that song? I think it might be The Plague. I'm not sure. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I just feel passionately about it because, like, again, like, they're in these, like, role model positions. And I, I feel like it's it's weird because it is a little different than actors and stuff. I know it's the same because they're, like, but I feel like these, it's, like, he has more reach into, like, a young person's life than, like, somebody like Kevin Spacey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a young kid true. going through a hard time, like trying to find his place is not going to be like looking to Kevin Spacey movies to like sort his shit out. He's going to be listening right. to the music, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. maybe that's a dumb thing. Maybe I'm overgeneralizing that too well, much. In some ways though, like if you listen to their, <laughs> to their lyrics or if you read a lot of their lyrics, a lot of them are pretty like whitewashed in terms of, I mean, they're, it's not like he put a bunch of stuff in his lyrics about wanting to kill people <laughs> right or, but maybe you know, if he so... did he wouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> yeah right no, I don't know. That's true. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like get it out <laughs> yeah yeah get it out in your metal dude you'd think metal would be enough of an outlet but yeah i know it is for me <laughs> it was for me dude that's why i'm so nice i listened to like 10 15 years of brutal metal yeah, you know, the, the, did you see that study that came out a couple months ago, or like a few, maybe several weeks ago, that said that uh, that people who listen to metal generally are happier and like nicer people, <laughs> and and they and they do equate it with the idea of like just uh, like one of the aspects that the study focused on was the idea of like getting out this aggression with your music. Yeah. So I can kind of buy that. I, I mean, know, I've met a lot of people who play metal or listen to metal and. They're just like very down to earth and chill. You yeah, know? all of them are. So yeah. I don't know. Look at us; we're put together. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bunch of people in our Discord who love metal and have played yeah. metal. Like, wasn't all nice uh, people? <laughs> was an MBG in a in like yeah. a pseudo metal band or? Yeah, what? he was in a metal band back in the day. Yeah, that's uh, right. Anecdote was um, Krasenstein. I don't know if it was metal. I think he was in a punk band. Um. Still, it counts. Uh, yeah. Punk, yeah. hardcore, metal. It's all like one, kind of alternate yeah. dimensions of the same item. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, dude, we're like up against the clock here. We spent the whole time ripping And apart we talked no like development. So yeah, sorry. there we go. <laughs> um, Anyways. <laughs> yeah, let's very kick it off. passionate about this, clearly. <laughs> well, dude, we spent our whole lives up until, I mean sort of even now dealing with this kind of stuff like especially when we were much younger like mm-hmm. that was like our pastime was like listening to metal and writing and playing metal you know yeah i agree so it's so hard my to favorite escape memories. and it's hard to separate Same. it you know that's the thing like you yeah. you associate those songs or those people with like these important moments in your life like some yeah. of the happiest memories are like us it shows literally looking at this guy who went to prison for trying to kill his wife like watching him perform and celebrating with him and like letting his like 
art form move us, you know? Yeah. And in a way, like, it makes you wonder, like, is that rub off on you? Am I going to try and, like, hire a hitman now? Or, like, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I don't actually think that. But yeah, I think there well, is, like, a philosophical question there, you know? It's like, I was moved by a person who's capable of doing this. Like, should I feel bad? Like, and maybe that's why I'm so, like, repulsed by the idea that he's out there doing it again is because of that idea that it does sort of, like, make you question these, like, great memories that you have. Sure. Yeah, oftentimes, though, I think it's, like, people who are sort of on the fringe of society that do crazy shit are the ones who end up in the spotlight making yeah. this stuff because it's, you know... Yeah, who, you're not wrong. What other mundane thought person like myself, like, would be in the spotlight, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> Actually, yeah, for know. sure. Not, I mean, that's true. I'm not trying to defend anything he's he's done, but no. I think that that's, like, a pretty common case and then oftentimes too with with like show showmen and stuff like that yeah they're always miserable people too like all they want is this kind of like fame and glory to start out and when they get it they're like life sucks you know i think that's why a lot of them commit suicide and stuff like that yeah so that's true i don't know i don't know it's pretty wild anyway um yep it's been a fun talk sorry that we didn't talk about dev at all guys uh me and taylor were obviously recording this a little late and might get up a little late um but uh, we wanted to make sure that we got something out for you um yep. so yeah if you guys uh, want to hit us up uh every single link that you're gonna need it's over there at that newfangled fancy gamedevsquest.com um head over there find out what you need hit us up on twitter at gamedevsquest um, and if you'd like to support us financially, you can kick us a little bit by going to bit.ly forward slash GDQ hyphen humble, buy yourself something on humble bundle. There's some good stuff right now. There's some books that Taylor was uh, telling me about some, uh, I guess they're kind of like mini documentary books on some of these, uh, classic games. He's reading one on earthbound right now. I, I see one on there about metal gear solid. Um, yeah. I guess Spelunky changed, uh, GGG. Uh, yeah, changed GGG's life. So <laughs> you can ask him about that on the Discord. Yeah. Um, anyway. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So go over there and take a look at that if that's something that interests you. There's our, there's our dev talk for the day. Right. Go read up on some, some games. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. I think right. that about does it. Until next time, guys, is Game Devs Quest. Have a good week. Cute app music. Yeah, boy. Thank <laughs> you.